Okay, Matthew chapter 2, verses 1 through 12. Now after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he who was born king of the Jews? For we saw his star when it rose, and we have come to worship him. And when Herod the king heard this, he was troubled, and all Jerusalem with him, and assembling all the chief priests and scribes of the peoples, he inquired of them where the Christ was to be born. And they told him in Bethlehem of Judea, for so it is written by the prophet Micah, And you, O Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah, for from you shall come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. And then Herod summoned the wise men secretly and ascertained from them what time the star had appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem, saying, Go and search diligently for the child, and when you have found him, bring me word that I too, wink, wink, may come and worship him. And after listening to the king, they went on their way. And behold, the star that they had seen when it rose uh, went before them until it came to rest over the place where the child Jesus was. And when they saw the star, they rejoiced exceedingly with great joy. And coming into the house, coming into the what? House. They saw the child with Mary, his mother, and they fell down and worshipped him. Then opening their treasures, they offered him gifts, gold and frankincense and myrrh. We'll stop there. The grass withers, the flowers fail, but the Word of our Lord endures forever. Amen? Let us pray. Lord, thank You for Your Word. It's a lamp unto our feet, a light for our path, an errant, infallible, authoritative, and true. We pray now, Father, that You would be the teacher and preacher. Speak through Your servant unto Your servants. Open our eyes, our ears, our minds, our entire persons unto the message You would have us to hear, understand, and apply. Father, we pray in the power of the Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, Amen. Amen. Are you a wise man? Are you a wise woman? Are you a, a wise boy? Are you a wise girl? Proverbs chapter 1, verse 7 says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. The account of the Magi in Matthew chapter 2 will illustrate a stark contrast between what it means to be a wise man and what it means to be a wise guy. Wise men seek God. Wise men worship God. Wise men give gifts to God. Are you a wise person? In verse 1, Now after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of King Herod the king, behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem. When did the wise men come to the Holy Land? A. Before Jesus was born. B. 
When, when Jesus was born? At the manger? C, after Jesus was born? Or D, the wise men didn't go to the Holy Land? I mean, if you're on, are you smarter than a fifth grader? I want you to get the money. The answer, after Jesus was born. No, 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 chaplain. Uh, the, the wise men uh, came uh, when Jesus was born. They, they were at the manger scene. I bought a nativity scene from Walmart. No. No. Our theology does not come from nativity scenes at Walmart. We sang We Three Kings. They were at the manger scene. No, our theology doesn't come from Christmas carols. Our theology comes from the Word of God. The Magi, the wise men, were not at the manger scene. I thought they were. After Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, to, to, to uh, distinguish it from Bethlehem up here in Galilee, which was northwest of Nazareth, up by the Sea of Galilee. Uh, this is Bethlehem of Judea, which is five miles south of Jerusalem. You could walk it in a day. You could run in an hour. If you were on a donkey, you could make it uh, without breaking a sweat. Bethlehem was south of Jerusalem, five miles. It's the, the city of David. It's the tribe of Judah, uh, which Jesus comes out of, in the days of Herod the king. They came from the east. saying, where is he who is born king of the Jews? Not would become king of the Jews, but who is born king of the Jews. You can only imagine what King Herod took of that. Thought of that. For we saw his star when it rose. We know from Numbers chapter 24, verse 17, a star will come out of Jacob. We saw his star and we're seeking him. We've come to worship him. Are you seeking... God. Are you seeking God? You've been a Christian for five years, for 15 years. I just celebrated my 25th anniversary becoming a Christian at Mississippi State University uh, the summer of 86. So 25 years have passed. Do I still have, do you still have the eye of the tiger? Are you still excited? You used to be on fire for things of God. You know, when I became a Christian, uh, my friends told me, Shannon, uh, slow down. You're going to burn out. The fire's still lit. They were wrong. I couldn't get enough. I was reading the Bible for the first time, going to church. I was listening to programs on the radio. Every time the church was open, like the 5 p.m. cantata, right? 5 p.m. They've given me $5 to say it ten times. fellowship activities. I was seeking God. Some of you have lost your, your car keys and you look under the car seat because sometimes they fall in between the seats or you, you look into the, the couch cushions, you pull out the hideaway, uh, you, you look in the yard, you're, you're, you're seeking. There's a difference in seeing and seeking. The wise men were seeking God. I, I just lost a haircut 
ticket for $15 from Sports Clip for uh, military, active duty military. I, I looked in my book bag and my folders. I looked in all my pant pockets. I looked in my, my shirt pockets. I, I looked in my folders thinking it was there. I, I looked in my car. I even called mom and dad and said, Mom, send dad to my bedroom because I was here for Thanksgiving. I, I'm looking for this $15 ticket uh, because I wanted to give it to a friend. And um, I, I, I was seeking, are you, and I found the ticket. My friend already had it. So um, <laughs> early stages of uh, Alzheimer's are setting in at age 44. Uh, are you seeking God? And if not, why not? What's keeping you from seeking God? Or have you become comfortable in your, your walk with God and the days have passed that you're actually having a quiet time and reading the Scriptures and praying and, and seeking God. I want you to seek God. I want that to, to be uh, you know, one of your New Year's resolutions for 2012. I don't know why I'm leaning into this. Wise men, wise women, wise boys, and wise girls seek God. So the wise men were seeking God. And, and they're asking, where is He born King of the Jews? We saw a star. And we've come to worship him. And when King, uh, the king Herod heard this, he was troubled. You better bet he was troubled because Herod was not a nice guy. He was appointed by Rome to be the king of Judah. He wasn't even a Jew. He took power in 37 B.C. to 4 A.D. He, he murdered his wife. He murdered three of his sons. He murdered his mother-in-law, his brother-in-law, his uncle, and many others. King Herod in Jerusalem was the Darth Vader of the day. And any threat to his power as king, he was going to, as Barney Fife would say, nip in the bud. He was going to put it to an end. And when he heard there was a baby born, not going to become king of the Jews, but was king of the Jews, you can better bet he wanted to nip that in the bud. King Herod... Ay, 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 the time. King Herod represents uh, all those forces that stand in opposition to God. You know there are three great enemies to the Christian faith, right? If we're playing Family Feud, top three answers on the board. I've mentioned this before. Uh, three enemies to the Christian faith. What's going to be number one? Satan and his demons. Number two is going to be the world. That's the dark side of the force. That's, that's that, you know, if you read Pilgrim's Progress, Vanity Fair. That's that you turn on a television and you see the atheists are protesting because there's a manger scene in, in front of the uh, city hall. Or you have the Ten Commandments in, in, in the courthouse. Or you're praying in school. The world is that force, that darkness in this world that uh, raises a clenched fist to God. And then there's the flesh. That part of you, that part of the old man, the old woman, the old boy, the old girl that uh, remains in you, yes, when you accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you become a, a new creation. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. But there's still part of us, as Paul says in Romans 7, the good I want to do, I don't do, and that which I don't want to do, I find myself doing. That sin within you that still wants to whisper in your ears, don't seek God. Herod represents all those things that would keep you from seeing Jesus, that would keep you from making a long journey, which was difficult for the Magi, on camels, or maybe on foot. Not an easy journey. 
They would say, just, just quit seeking. Do you have any Herods in your life? Who are the Herods in your life? When Herod heard this, he was troubled and he assembled the false priests and the false teachers and he asked, where is Christ to be, be born? In Bethlehem, five miles south of, of Jerusalem. And then he asked the wise men to come and, and wink, wink, hey, I'd like to go worship him. Right. <laughs> Be careful, brethren, of everyone who says, I love God. I love Jesus. Be careful. Not everybody who says, I am a Christian, is a Christian. Jesus said, watch out for wolves in sheep's clothing. We're to show agape love even to our enemies, but I'm just saying, use some wisdom. And so, the wise men went on their way and followed the star, and when they came to the house, oh, no, 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 they came to the manger saying, no, they came to a house. Now, some commentators say, you know, Jesus could have been four months old, all the way up to two years of age. Because when Herod, who said he wanted to worship Christ, found out uh, that the wise men had deceived him and, and went on their way and didn't return to Jerusalem, uh, Herod goes back to, to Bethlehem in the vicinity and murders all babies two years old and under. Doesn't sound like the way we worship. <laughs> so, it could have been that the wise men came two years after Jesus was born, up to maybe four months, the age is irrelevant, I suppose. Uh, and you may say, well, what does it matter? You know, the Magi, you know, they weren't kings, they were astrologers, but what does it really matter? And, and you know, we don't even know how many there were. How many wise men were there? You know, if you're on uh, Regis's, uh, do you want to be a millionaire? And he asks, how many wise men were there? Uh, a, one, B, two, uh, C, three, uh, D, uh, we don't know. The correct answer is we don't know how many wise men there were. No, there are three. I got the nativity scene from Walmart. Okay, again, your theology doesn't come from Walmart. I hope we don't have a manager here. (laughs) I shop there. (laughs) We don't know how many magi there were. Tradition says three. Why? Because there were three gifts. Gold, frankincense, and myrrh. But we don't know how many wise men uh, there were. and, And they weren't kings. And you said, what does it matter? Well, it matters because, you know, maybe it doesn't really matter with the, the, the account of the Magi, but for heavier, weightier, weightier, weightier issues of theology, it does matter. Like salvation. Well, why are you saved? Well, I'm a good man. As we say in Mississippi, good people. Well, okay, I, I'm glad you're a good man, but the Bible says in Ephesians chapter uh, 2, verses 8-9, through 9, for you are saved through grace by faith, not by your works, lest you should boast. So, I know I went to St. Martin, but not by works, lest I should boast. So, my salvation has absolutely nothing to do with my good works or being good, but everything to do with grace and faith in Jesus Christ. My theology is formed by Scripture. So, everything you think, say, and do should fall in a line with Scripture. Everything I teach and preach should fall in a line with Scripture. Um, uh, what's another example? Well, you know, we just had a missionary conference, didn't we? 
And, um, you know, yes, we, we prayed for the, the chaplains. And, yeah, I think that's great. We're doing our, our you're sending out missionaries to, to share about Jesus. But, you know, chaplain, it, you know, it doesn't really matter. We're all going about uh, reaching, seeking, worshiping God. You know, but some worship Allah, some worship Buddha, some worship Confucius, some worship, you know. And, but where do you get that? Because, you know, the Bible that I read says in John 14:6, Jesus says, I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life. No one comes to heaven... No one comes to God the Father except through me. And so you say, well, what's the big deal about the Magi and whether there's three and they were at the manger scene? Because it spills over into other issues of our Christian education, uh, knowledge, and theology. And, you know, the takeaway, brethren, is just be men, women, boys, and girls who study, who meditate, who read this word. The wise men came and they worshipped God. I'm going to wrap it up here. My, my. You know, they gave me 45 minutes to preach in the uh, Gospel service. But the liturgical service, I was the liturgical service pastor uh, up at Fort Drum for one year, and it gave me 10 minutes. So, So it does differ. But, you know, in 15 years of being this military missionary, so to speak, a chaplain, active duty, I've always been preaching almost every Sunday, and I've always been a, a, a pastor. They worshipped. They came into the house. They saw Jesus. They saw Mary. I'm thinking maybe Jesus might have even been walking. They fell down and they worshipped Him. And then they opened their treasures, the gift, gold and frankincense, myrrh. And they, they worshipped Him by giving Him their gifts. And so, uh, this morning I'm going to ask you, because wise men do what? They seek God. Wise men do what? They worship God. Wise men do what? They give gifts to God. What gift can you give uh, to God? To say, Happy Birthday, Jesus. I love you. I thank you. I think I, I may have preached this last week. You know, it's what is Christmas? It's a celebration of what? Jesus' birthday, right? You and I have a birthday. Mine's 4 August, by the way. <laughs> it's Jesus' birthday. So let's find a birthday gift that we can give to Jesus to say happy birthday. I mean, suppose I came to your birthday party and uh, I didn't give you a gift. But on your birthday, not only do I not give you a gift, but I expect you on your birthday to give me a gift. What would you think? What would you say? What would you do? And yet we must confess that every December we find ourselves in the church acting in the same way. Christmas is a celebration of Christ's birthday, not ours. Am I saying it's wrong to desire to receive gifts or give gifts to each other? Absolutely not. Our gift-giving to each other and gift-receiving are but a reflection of God's gift-giving to and God's gift-receiving from us. All I'm saying, it's Christ's birthday. And so what birthday gift will you give to Jesus to say, Jesus, I love you. Happy birthday. As you buy gifts this, this time of the year, and you have your name list, you know, Joe, David, Andy, uh, Kim, uh, Melba, I want you to put at the top of the uh, name list, Jesus Christ. I want you to put at the top of the name list, Jesus Christ, and ask yourself, what gift can I give to Jesus? 
For some of us, we can give our life, as Isaac Watts writes, and when I survey the wondrous cross, were the whole realm of nature mine, that were a present far too small. Love so amazing, so divine, demands my soul, my life, my all. Give God your life. If you've never accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, I beg of you, do so. There's no more important, greater decision than you will make than to make Christ your, your Savior. If you'd like to talk to someone about it, please call me or one of the elders or, or seek out someone who can share the Gospel uh, with you. But, you know, you've been a Christian. I've been a Christian for 25 years. I've started to slow down. Maybe some of us need to come to the altar and we need to say, Lord, I've been running. I've been doing things on my own. I rededicate my life to You. That's my birthday gift to You. For some of us, we can give financially. We can um, <coughs> tithe. <coughs> tithe. <laughs> the, the head deacon asked me to say that. <laughs> we can give a small part of that which God has given to us. We say, Lord, here. Uh, John Wesley, uh, Charles Wesley's brother, John was the pastor, Charles wrote hymns, uh, said, when I have any money, I get rid of it as quickly as possible lest it find a way into my heart. Sometimes when a person has a birthday party, he or she will say, don't get me anything, just give to your local charity. The wise men gave their gold. Can, when you pass the Walmart to buy your nativity scene, maybe you could drop a few coins or a dollar into the Salvation Army. Maybe the economy is tough, you don't have much money, but you have some time on your hands. Instead of giving money to the Salvation Army, maybe you could ring the bells for the Salvation Army. You and your, your family. And wish people a Merry Christmas. God loves you. I love you. Maybe you could go to the local mission or the soup kitchen and serve for a couple of hours. Or maybe you could go to the local VA hospital or to the, to the nursing home, I think up here on Atkinson, and, and sing Christmas carols. I, I guarantee you, you may not be able to sing well, but they won't mind. Benjamin Franklin uh, once stated, does thou, does thou love life, then do not squander time, for that is the stuff life is made of. Maybe your gift, birthday gift to Jesus will be the gift of time. Uh, my first Christmas was, uh, I arrived at Pope Air Force Base uh, Friday the 13th, December 1996. Uh, and because I hadn't accrued any leave for Christmas, I found myself for the very first time away from family and friends uh, uh, on Christmas and I went up and down the halls, knocking on doors in the barracks, wishing airmen a Merry Christmas, as merry as it could be, away from their loved ones, passing out candy canes and cards and, and um, other things. And a couple of years later, I was walking into the fitness center. I know, I know. You're like, really? Um, but yes, I was walking into the fitness center, and um, I heard my name called out, Chaplain Filio. I turned around, did an about face. He said, I, I know you probably don't remember me, but a couple of years ago on Christmas Day, you knocked on my door. And we actually went out onto the balcony for about a half an hour and we talked on Christmas Day. And I just wanted you to know how much that meant to me. Just a little time out of my day made a tremendous difference in that young man's life. Do you have some time to give to one of God's children? To say, Jesus, my birthday gift to you is time to someone. Maybe your gift will be a, a possession. How many coats hang in our closets we haven't worn in over a year? How many shoes? 
How many games sit on our shelves we haven't even played in five years? Find something and give it away to local goodwill or to the children's home. Why does it have to be something we don't want or or something which is worn and raggedy? Uh, I love the story of the little drummer boy. He gave what? His drum. His most prized possession. You and your family members, go around the house and find one item that you can give away. Hopefully not the uh, 60-inch television, right, Uh, Mike? Nick, stay away from the the television. After all, doesn't Jesus say in Matthew chapter 25, verse 40, when you've done it unto the least of these, you've done it unto me, find something and give it away. Maybe your gift will be the gift of sin. Sin of omission, sin of commission. What's the sin of omission? Sin of omission is not doing those things that God would have us to do. He says, go out and tell others about me. We don't do it. That's a sin. A sin of omission. Or a sin of commission. Those are doing those things that we shouldn't be doing. Uh, some of the things that we, uh, well, we know what sin is. Maybe your gift to, to Jesus, you, the birthday gift you're going to give to Jesus for His birthday, 2011, is the gift of sin. How happy I would be if on my birthday someone came to me and said, Shannon, I'm a boy named Shannon, I don't have much money. I don't have much time. I don't have many possessions. But my gift to you is I gave up getting drunk. I gave up watching certain things on the computer and the television. You know what I mean. I gave up sleeping in on Sundays instead of going to church. I gave up uh, being angry. Or I gave up gossiping. Maybe your birthday gift to Jesus this uh, this year will be giving him your sin. After all, isn't that why he came? Didn't the angel tell Joseph in Matthew one twenty one, you're to give him the name Jesus because he will save his people from their sins? Finally, maybe your gift to Jesus will be the gift of reconciliation. Of reconciliation. As I said, give him your life. Hark, the herald angels sing, Glory to the newborn King, peace on earth, mercy mild, God and sinners reconciled. Maybe to celebrate Jesus' birthday, 2011, you will say, Lord, I'm giving myself to You. I'm reconciling with You. God hasn't been the problem. He's always been standing with arms open wide. It's us who have been running Or maybe your gift is the gift of reconciliation with another person, another believer, or maybe not even a believer. I heard the bells on Christmas Day, their old familiar carols play, mild and sweet. The words repeat, peace on earth, goodwill to men. I always choke up when I watch that movie, Home Alone. You know, Kevin sitting in the church in the pew talking to the old man. Uh, The old man is saying that uh, uh, he hasn't spoken to his son in years, hasn't seen them, heard they had a grandbaby. And Kevin gives him some advice and, and the next day Kevin's looking out his window on Christmas Day and there in the driveway is the old man giving his son a hug at the car. And he's giving his daughter-in-law a hug and he's picking up his grandchild. How many sad movies this year do I have to to watch of friends and family not speaking to each other? 
reconcile, make peace. A baby born in swaddling clothes is about peace. First, peace between you and God, but secondly, peace between you and another person. I know sometimes it's not possible, but at least you can say you've made every effort. How happy I would be if on my birthday, uh, one of my friends came to me and said, Shannon, your birthday gift, I, I didn't have much money. I don't have any money to give to you. I don't really have much time. And I don't have any possessions. And I don't really have much, much sin. Uh, right. <laughs> but the sin of pride. And um, but my, my gift to you is, uh, I called up Joe, one of our other friends in our circle of friends. And, haven't spoken to him in over two years since we got into that fight at Mississippi State. And um, I just want you to know that, that we've reconciled and we're talking again. And it's like old times. How happy I would be if on, on, on my birthday, my, my twin brother, uh, identical, would come to me and say, uh, Shannon, I haven't talked to mom and dad in over five years. Haven't even been home. But... My birthday gift to you is, I want you to know, I'm standing in the kitchen. And I'm talking with Dad again. It's like old times and Mom's cooking me, uh, you know, a meal. That's my birthday gift to you. The gift of reconciliation. What gift can you offer to Jesus again? Because it's not our birthday, it's His birthday. Can you offer to Him? Be a wise man. Be a wise woman. Be a wise boy. Be a wise girl. Don't be a wise guy. Seek God with all your heart. Worship God with all your heart. Give a gift. Give your gifts to God with all your heart. Let us pray. Oh Lord, help us to be wise. Help us to seek You. Help us to worship You. Help us to think of a birthday gift on Your birthday, Jesus, to give to You. We pray, Father, in the power of the Holy Spirit, in Jesus' name, Amen.